Are you ready to bridge the gap in our current healthcare system and really help people that struggle with flexibility, mobility, and weakness? Hi, I'm Kim Narker, and welcome to Rehab to Wellness Boss Podcast, a business owner successful startup podcast where I help you start, build, and grow your wellness business. Join me as I reveal real secrets to helping rehab professionals build a successful, proven wellness program that keeps their community away from reactive care. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast and our new YouTube channel. And today, I am going to introduce Becky Colwell. Hey, guys, so we are talking about sales, that sleazy, sleazy word, sales, that we all don't know a whole lot about in our profession. And Becky's coming to us to give us some tips today. So listen up, take out your pens and paper. It is going to be a great episode. Now, for those of you who can get to your computer real quick to look her up, her business name is hearttoheartsales.com. So pull up her website to learn more about her. But without further ado, Becky, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. Very excited to speak to you further. Yeah. And as you guys can see, she's got an accent and she's from the UK. I'm so excited (laughs) to have her on the show. So, okay, Becky, can you tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah, sure. I, one of my first jobs was sales. So I was an early salesperson and I spent about 15 years doing that, often as a sideline to my main job when I needed extra money coming in. So all in all, I was working out the other day, I think I've got about 15,000 hours and that's a conservative estimate of selling and or sales training under my belt, which is just crazy. And I got a bit fed up with only being as good as my last month. And so eventually moved into business improvement and then into consultancy. And then even that being in corporate wasn't quite hitting my heart anymore. And I ended up realizing that my skills from the beginning of my career actually still stood the test of time and actually were really helpful to anyone who was starting out in business or even in business who really, as you say, feel like sales is a sleazy, manipulative, horrible thing to do. So that's where I'm at now. Awesome. Well, you guys, I'm telling you, she is here to really talk about two, it's going to be four different things, but two things that you guys are going to understand. And that is the new lead process from when you get a new lead to when they actually, you get them to arrive for their appointment. So that sales process and then sales process for a person who's arrived and the clinician sees the client and now they have to do at the end that close of sale and taking money in exchange of a service that all of us fear so much. So we're going to be touching on those today. And we're also pen and paper out. We're also hoping that this podcast will be able to help practice owners that currently have a practice that struggle with a revenue stream. So they were looking to add wellness services and then 
also, if you're a solopreneur that wants to, actually, you're a clinician and you want to be a solopreneur, how do you do that? And this will be talking to you as well for those sales, because going from a clinician who you're fed clients and you really, it doesn't matter if you sell to them or not, because it's on your employer's dime. Now that you're in your own business, you actually have to take money for your service to be able to feed your family. So again, without further ado, we're just going to jump in guys. We're just going to jump in. So I guess let's just start Becky with why does everybody think, why do you think that sales is so difficult for new entrepreneurs or business owners? Yeah. I think there's two sides to that. Actually, the first is we all remember the worst examples of selling to us, and they're normally manipulative, grabby, horrible, leaves us feeling very uncomfortable. And so we assume that that's what selling is, but we only remember the bad experiences. When we buy from somebody who we're connected with, we just buy happily. You, you know, we might think about some certain reasons why we do or don't want to buy. But in the end, we're not thinking about them selling to us because they've connected with us and they've got the sales skills right. So that's the first one is actually our experience of sales is only based on bad experiences of sales. So the second part, I believe, and certainly I've experienced this myself, actually, is down to feeling worthy. And that might be a little woo for some of your listeners. But for me, when I was selling something that somebody else did, and when I was asking for money for what for, even though it can feel uncomfortable, but for somebody else, it was much, much easier because it had nothing to do with me and what I was offering. But the moment it became about me even doing this, I started to get all the feels. My tummy would go over. And what I've learned and got back into is when I make it about my clients and whether or not it's right for them, I actually don't have those uncomfortable feelings anymore because I'm just finding out about them. And it's got nothing to do with me. I'm good enough. I do this really well. I'm good enough. And it's just totally around whether they do or don't need this service. And then a few other things down the line about whether or not they feel worthy of the service too, because that also comes into whether people say yes or no. I think you hit the nail on the head because when I struggle to train employees on providing a service to a customer, I train them to listen to their customer, understand what their customer wants, and then sit down at eye level, make sure you're building a relationship with them. And it runs very smooth that way and make sure that you take I, which is you, out of the equation. Because this is about what you can do, but not personally you. Yeah. And the ego, and I mean that in the deepest sense rather than the sort of show off sense, the deep ego gets in the way because we do make it around us. You know, we do think, oh, my God, what's somebody going to think if I ask this, if I do that, if I say this? And you're absolutely right when it's totally about your customer. And in fact, that's one of my three pillars that I run my business on really when it's all about your client your customer then there's absolutely no ego involved in that it's just about that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Boy, that's beautiful, guys. You have to write that down because, again, if you are so tied up about things, just like she says, it's always because you are inside your own head and you're really not connecting with this person at all. You're really not understanding what they're looking for. So how can so let's let's go to like you've got a new sales lead, because to me, that's where your selling starts is yes. to me when someone reaches out to your office or they reach out through Facebook or any other way, they may not be reaching out to schedule. But for the most part, they're interested because they took their time to reach out to you. And most of them are not just interested in getting information. They're wanting to get the information they want. And if you can get them on the phone and learn more about them and show that you're there to listen and hear what their concerns are and that you authentically want to get them to the right place, then when they call you and say, do you take my insurance? You don't have to go no and and hang the phone up. You can totally still have that conversation with them and go, what are you looking for? How can I help you? Definitely. And they are super hot leads, those, by the way, super hot when somebody's reaching out to you, Kim. Amazing. So let's back that up. I think I should have started here. So (laughs) tell people the difference in a cold lead and a hot lead. Yeah. So a cold one could be literally handing out leaflets in the shopping center or something like that, where you're telling people what you do, but they've not come to you. They're not engaged yet. You may have a great conversation with them and they become a warm lead then because you've had a conversation and you've engaged with them and you've started to ask them some of the questions that you were just talking about. You're getting to know them. And it's so important to understand Yeah, most of us have actually got quite a broad reach when it comes to our businesses. But The reality is there's going to be a good percentage of your customers who are of a type of person or they have a certain problem that you're helping them solve. And so the more you know about that customer, the more you're likely then in those conversations with a warm lead to start to talk their language even before they've started to tell you perhaps more deeper personal information that you might be wanting to have discussions about. So you you can sort of align the starts of your conversations with your, I suppose, average customer and go from there. That certainly helps. But knowing your customer either by generalizing and then by, well, it's both, it's and actually, it's by generalizing to start with and then finding out particulars about them. And that's all about being curious. Asking questions. Yeah. (laughs) See where they are. So here's some of the problems that we face on our side. And I don't because we're a cash practice, but we used to when we were an insurance-based practice. Insurance-based practices that are transitioning into a cash system, because it's physical therapy, our consumers still expect their insurance card to pay. Yeah. Okay. A cash-based Um, PT can actually do some wellness things with a client that wouldn't qualify for insurance, but it's really hard for them to take off the insurance hat and put on the wellness hat. But we all do know that an insurance company is only going to pay you to be able to do functional things relating to 
functional activities that limit you. A well care system is more based on what a customer wants. Yeah, absolutely. And desires. So with that, what would you say to, I mean, our big problem is people come in all the time and say, can I use my insurance card? And that just, it seems to stop everybody in their tracks. Yeah. So I think the answer is if they're already having treatment with you, it's much easier to gently have that conversation around, right? The insurance will stop next session or the session afterwards. And if you want to continue seeing me, this is where we're at. And, you know, this is what we can do for you to keep you well, because this is the thing, isn't it? You get to a point where you fixed a symptom, but potentially actually haven't fixed, number one, the problem. And number two, certainly not keeping people well. And I'm getting, yeah, it's frustrating for everybody at that point. So that's a slightly easier scenario. When they come in and ask, can I use my insurance? The answer is simply no. <laughs> and it's okay to say that. I what love you that. Frame it so that you're leading them along to the fact that they can still invest in themselves. So, you know, the simple answer is you say, no, it can't. But the longer answer is actually to build yourself something that it's not a script, but if you can build a phrase that you practice, it makes it so much easier to do it with connection and in a conversational way when you've practiced that oh no I'm really sorry actually your insurance won't cover that but we do have this package that would enable you to have eight treatments six treatments that will get you from A to B what do you think about that how does that sound here's another problem maybe the PT down the street that wants to be on the wellness side and they're again an employee of a business and they're providing these services under the arm of the business, which they, it's kind of a gray area. Then Uh those people, what do you say when they go, well, I'm just going to go down to Sarah down the street. She'll take my insurance. Well, I think the reality is if somebody is going to take your insurance, that's quite hard to argue against because they're not having to put them their hand in their pocket I think what I recommend to anyone who has competition locally is really to say that's certainly an option for you a number of our you know people who come in to inquire do do that and what makes us different is a b c and d yeah And again, this is very much about having the confidence in what you're offering and how you can help that client and removing the ego from it. So you're not shirty with them for talking about going down the road. It's just, yeah, that's an option for you, actually. Mm -hmm. But this is what we provide. And you Mm -hmm. might be more interested in this because we take you through this and actually identify the real issue to support you for the next five years rather than the next five months. Great. That was perfect because you're right. I have no problem when they call and they tell me that I go, great. So when they finish and if you haven't met the goals that you feel like you were going to meet when starting with their care, then just give me a call. We'll pick off where they dropped off. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. You know what? Go get everything your insurance is going to pay for and then come over here and we'll finish it up. Yeah. 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 
That is great. So these are guys, these are such great. And Becky, you are, I tell you this, you're, this is wonderful for everybody to hear because there's so much fear around this topic and it shouldn't be fearful because basically all you're doing is giving an honest answer and you're also vetting your customer to make sure that you want to work with this customer because some of these people you probably don't want to work with, right? For sure. For sure. We get so tied up when it's our own business that we need the clients. And I can tell you the clients that I've bent over for and tweaked things for and done things differently for don't appreciate it. In fact, they're the biggest pains that I've had. And you get to a point where you feel so taken advantage of, actually, that you wish you'd never said yes in the first place. And that's almost been universal to people where I've tried to go out of my way to do things differently for. They seem to be the ones that actually cause the issues. So much as we all would like more clients, that's life in business. But we do have to be discerning that they are in alignment. Those clients are in alignment for what we want for our, ourselves and for our businesses. The way I look at it is if I feel like I can really, really help that person and they're excited about my help, then they're probably a good candidate. But once they start throwing out the daggers, I'm, I really have a good ear for going, mm, mm, yeah, I want someone that I can get a Google review from. I want them to get better within a few visits. And if it's going, if I have to take them to sleep with me mm-hmm. at night mm-hmm. because of some of the aggravating things, yep. it, it's not going to get any better through your treatment. No, no, it's really not. And That confidence that you're talking about very much comes with the experience of having those conversations because actually learning sales skills is as much about using them and honing them and becoming more confident with how you approach things and confident enough to then tweak how you approach things depending on the customer because that's in the end, the client is the person that you need to be focused on. And that can be as much for a, actually, I'm not sure you're suitable for our service. And I love that. And I go, but X, Y, Z down the street, they are taking new clients. And I think that they will be a great place for you and they'll take good care of you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then build a relationship with them because if they have people that are finishing, they can send them to you. And that's a collaborative way to, you know, gain referrals, which is another topic. We won't go in that direction. So let's talk about closing that sale. You've, so instead of the first phone call where you're vetting your customer and you're building a relationship and you're just getting them to open up and talk so that you can see whether they're a client that you want to work with or not. Mm -hmm. And once you've done that, and this person now arrives in your clinic and they are excited to let's fast forward. So we have in my practice, we have 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. That means from when we shake their hand, bring them back for a new client, we have to find their problem. We have to give them a few little things to show them that their body 
has accepted what we're doing and they, so a result, and then we now have to close a sale and to do all of that in 40 minutes can be very, very tricky. What kind of tips would you say would help that? Because what, what most places end up doing is they listen to the consumer for 20 minutes, tell their story. You've only got 20 minutes left now to test and rule out some things, get a result and then you're at your 40 minutes and now your next person is coming and you haven't overcome objections to care mm-hmm. or closed your sale. Let's yeah. let's talk on those things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's tight at that point if you've spent 20 minutes listening to them first and then 20 minutes, like you say, diagnosing. What sales often involves is micro yeses for want of a better way of putting it. So if you can get people saying yes through the conversation, number one about how does that sound? Does that work for you? All the things that you're probably doing anyway whilst you're you're doing a, a partial treatment at that point to show them a few things. You're building that trust factor through the conversation and it does make it a little bit easier for people to say yes at the end when they've been saying yes all the way through and if your standard treatment is normally four sessions and you have a a package for that then it's worth just talking as you're chatting through stuff just say you know actually normally what we do is we package up four sessions can normally get stuff sorted within that in that time but let's take a look at you specifically and see what's happening there but you're dropping in some information about what you do much much earlier in the conversation so the selling isn't the moment you go right okay and it's this much and it's it's actually happening all the way through you're dropping in information so that you don't have to explain everything that you do towards the end of your 40 minutes that's my biggest tip for the time wise and objections to taking the service are so often so an objection is when somebody's not sure whether they want to go ahead or not and sometimes that comes out as a no by the way Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the easiest thing to do with objections is to ask questions be curious, you know? And so even if somebody says no, it's worth saying to them, oh gosh, I thought we were helping out here. What's going on for you? Because sometimes that question that allows them to speak more, allows them to consider why they're saying no. And it's not always, even when people say, oh, I'm I'm not sure I can afford that. It's quite often, I don't think I can spend that money on myself. Yes. Yes. Write that down, everybody. It's not a close. They didn't just shut you down and now you can walk them out the door. Let's, this is the stuff that you need to hear. They don't know if they want to invest in themselves. Yeah. And it is so often, even the financial no is, is actually so often that. And it can also be, I'm not sure you can benefit me because you haven't really told me how you can help me. I'm not sure I'm going to get the results. I'm not sure that I can be committed to this because I've got other stuff going on in my life. And all of those things are stuff that if you start asking, oh, why is that then? Because I thought we were here and you're clearly not. Can you tell me a bit more about that? 
it's a very gentle conversation. It doesn't have to be a why. (laughs) It can be really gentle. And it's amazing what you find out even more about your clients at that point. And again, some of those questions, so some of those things could be dealt with earlier, even if the client hasn't brought them up yet. And how do you do that? So, well, again, if you have a standard amount of time that you generally work with people, it's worth saying, you know, we like to see people every week for X amount of time. Does that work with your schedule? You know, how can we work this in so that we can help you better? And having, it depends how much time you have to drop those bits of conversation in when actually you're listening, you're diagnosing, you're doing, and each of you who are listening actually will have a different way of doing that. But bring some of those things earlier in the conversation and I would also point out that with objections is you already know the top five reasons why your customers say that they don't want to go ahead certainly the top three you will know those because you've heard them over and over again so now it's time to think let's start with the top three think about how you're going to approach those next time so it's normal for you to ask questions when that comes up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two of the big ones, guys, hint, hint, I'm going to give you on the show here today are, I want to think about it. Yeah. That's a real big one that comes up a lot in cash-based practices. I want to think about it. And to me, when somebody says, I want to think about it, I haven't shown them the process. I haven't pre-framed and shown them the process. And so they don't get it at all. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about showing them the process but it's about showing them what they can get from the process. Because again, it's all about them. So it's all about the results and even the transformation that you can offer them by doing what you do. And it's a very easy trap to get into, actually, by the way, is talking all about what you do for them instead of what they will get out of what you do for them. Because they're not really... Some people are very interested in the process, by the way, but most people are more interested in how it's going to help them. Correct. And they yeah. they just want it. And by the way, guys, these people that say these objections just took time off of work, came in to see you, drove probably a certain distance to get there. They're away from their family. They could be doing other things. And they're coming in and spending this time with you. So they're already a pretty good lead prospect. It's just about making sure you're in tune with what they're looking for and you're able to show them that truly you can, you can benefit them and what they can get out of it. And it's perfectly okay to say, what are you not sure about? I'm curious. What are you not sure about? Yeah, you can break that up to be not, not a threatening question with your body language, with your tone of voice and that. But it's not a threatening question. It's just, I'm really curious. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. That's great. And then another one we get is, I need to speak to my husband. Yes. Before Um, I fix myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So there, there are a couple of things you can do in that circumstance, and it's judging your clients and one is actually to just say, what do you think he'll say? Because that comes brings out quite a lot. And mm-hmm. I was chatting to somebody the other day who actually said they used that 
and their prospective client just laughed and said, well, no, oh, actually, yeah, he'll moan a bit and I'll be fine. I'm going to sign up now. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it took asking that question to get to that laugh and that sign up. And the other thing is actually still good to ask what do you think they'll say, but you can also prep them for that conversation. If you say, well, what do you think the problem will be with him saying yes, you know, maybe he's holding the purse strings or whatever. And then just say, well, let's let's talk about the, the top three things that you can say to him to persuade him that you're worth this treatment. Worth. That's a big word here. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it? Mm -hmm. And especially, yeah, I do think for women in particular, we're we're definitely taught to, you know, put ourselves last. Mm -hmm. Take care of everybody else. And, you know, that money could go to, you know, something else and not to us. We can fight through it. Mm-hmm. And it might well be that you end up having that sort of conversation with somebody that says, you know, the weller you are, the more able you are to be present for your family and your children. Mm-hmm. Just have to be careful with those conversations, because when you're really connected with somebody, it's said with love and concern and compassion. And it can feel if you're not connected with that client, particularly, it can feel uncomfortable. So. Only you will be able to tell whether it's right or wrong to start having those sort of conversations. Wow. So such great information. I think we gave a lot of nuggets in today's show. Becky, can you tell us how people can reach out to you? Yeah, the easiest thing actually is if you go to my website, so that's hearttoheartsales.com and there's a contact me button there and contact me, pop something pop any questions that you've got there also have a freebie for you to download if you want to pop onto my mailing list so but it's all from the website that's the easiest way for everyone to do that okay but you also have a facebook page instagram and all of that as well yes, right I do yeah yeah and on instagram i'm becky colwell that's b-e-c-k-y-c-o-l-w-e-l-l However, I think if you search for heart to heart sales, I would come up on Instagram anyway. Okay. And on Facebook, I'm Becky Colwell dash heart to heart sales. So you can find me using heart to heart sales everywhere. Awesome. Including my new podcast, actually. So there we go. Your your new what now? My new podcast. Yay! Yay! That's awesome. What a way to connect with people. And I tell you, like I told you before we got on the air, and I think I'd love to have you back. This is just great information for people and people struggle with this so much. And really sales is not an area you should struggle with guys. And the way I put it to my staff is that if we, if they walk out their door, they're unsure. And we, we were, to me, we dropped the ball. We were not able to help someone we probably could have helped. I mean, if we've already had a conversation on the phone and then they came into the clinic, we had a conversation in the clinic. If they're walking out, it's likely, you know, we totally struck out in some way with them. Yeah. Leaving money on the table is never great for business. 
That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So hope this topic helped you guys make sure that you rate and review us and review this podcast. If this is, you know, a topic that you really like, then make sure you let me know so that we can get Becky back and talk some more about sales or reach out to Becky and just, you know, she does coaching. There's so much she can help you with. Uh, reach out to her and see if you can sign on and learn some more about how you can do your heart to heart sales so that you can see more clients, close more clients and build and grow your business. Uh, Thanks again, everybody for joining. Thanks, Becky, for being on the show. Thank you. And um, we will, guys, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. It's been a pleasure. Bye. for joining us today on the Rehab to Wellness Boss podcast, where you, a rehab professional, can start, build, and grow your very own successful wellness cash practice. If you're ready to level up and become a stretch mobility coach, then head on over to our website, www.thestretchmobilitycoach.com. This website will take you through the next steps needed to practice as a stretch mobility coach. Come on over. 